0: The Velvet Hammer, an inside look at trial lawyer life with Karen Kohler, real life stories about fighting the good fight. I think that the way that plaintiff lawyers are paid impacts the diversity of the plaintiff bar. And I thought I'd take some time here to talk about my personal experience to just illustrate how difficult it is to become a plaintiff trial lawyer, at least um especially at the beginning of your career. Imagine you're coming out of law school nowadays, gosh, multiple times of what I had in debt uh i mean most most people I talk to have over hundred thousand dollars in debt, and imagine going to a law firm that says, well." We're a contingency fee firm, so we don't really have a good idea of whether we'll be profitable this year or not. Chances are we will be, but we're not sure. Imagine that versus going to a government firm, which, you know, taxpayer money is always going to be present. uh, And here's your salary and here's your benefits. And the salary may not be the most you can get in the private sector, but look at all these great benefits and we're rock solid. A lot of people go into government for that reason, just the stability of it, not necessarily the mission and passion or going to a big insurance defense firm, for example, hourly billing firms, uh, that can sometimes, oh, nowadays, um, the top tier firms pay close to 200,000 or more for first year law student per year, which is about double what the average lawyer makes at least in the state of Washington experienced lawyer, that is. Uh, So which option would you choose? Number a, the one that can't predict from year to year, number B, the mm, modest, but yet very stable or number three, very good wages. Perhaps you're going to hate the mission but it'll pay all of your debts. I've talked to many uh, lawyers, particularly racial minority lawyers, who have wanted to become plaintiff lawyers, but taken the defense route because they Needed to support their families. And I'm not talking about just immediate family, extended family often. And uh, they needed this extremely responsible, highest earning type of job they could get whether they liked it or not. In order to be a plaintiff lawyer, I think you really need to want to help people because there's easier ways to be a lawyer that don't involve confrontation that involve more certainty. Even criminal law is more predictable than a plaintiff trial lawyers income because in criminal law, you can charge retainers and get paid by the hour. Also, in fact, you have to, there's no other field where there's a contingency fee other than the plaintiff. And for a good reason. Because I can't imagine almost any case involving a normal person who's injured and suing someone covered by an insurance company or a corporation who could afford to pay an hourly rate of an attorney in those circumstances. We're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions, to prosecute a case against a legion of lawyers from these big uh, entity defendants. It would be impossible to get representation. People would not be able to bring lawsuits. The world would not be a better and safer place. So there's many wonderful things about the contingency fee. It allows for the representation. But on the law firm side, and particularly the young attorney law firm side, although this goes all the way on up, uh, no matter how long you've practiced, you cannot predict from one year to the next every year is a new year uh you might have a fantastic year and then the clock sets at zero and then you're on the to the next year and you have to go do it again so as I sit here in my house in Queen Anne and ponder the newest lamp that I bought which is quite beautiful, by the way, Murano glass. My daughter thinks it looks like a hookah pipe, but I'm telling you, it's got flux in it. It's super beautiful. So I sit here pondering that lamp and the beauty that surrounds me. It takes me right back to when I became a full-time plaintiff lawyer. And I, my mom is, you know, from, if you listen to my first episodes, was a lawyer. I worked for her. I did plaintiff work. She was a general practitioner, but some of it was plaintiff work. And then I did what I just told you. I wanted certainty coming out of law school, and I did not want to be a plaintiff lawyer like my mom. And I went and worked for an insurance defense company as a defense lawyer, on and off for nine years, interrupted by three years for a plaintiff firm, which I loved, but left. And it wasn't until I was... Well, Noel was just entering kindergarten, and just before then, I had started working uh, with Pat LaPlay Play, and uh, in nineteen ninety-seven, and become a full-time plaintiff lawyer. And I did that knowing that I was going to be most likely not being able to to stay married. So, within about two years, three years—I guess two years—we were separated and then divorced. <clears throat> So as a single parent, we'll start with basically 2000, year 2000. Plaintiff lawyer, 100% contingency fee with a older partner who had a been his own he'd been a solo practitioner or had his own law firm by then for over 25 years. He had a huge practice. Um I went for that's what I went for. I went for someone that was very stable. I knew that I wanted to change. I did not want to be a defense lawyer even though I knew I could make a certain amount of money and have stability. I wanted I wanted more. I just was hoping that I could do what I wanted to do and support my family. And I think that mindset is what allowed that to happen and allows it to happen for most people that go into plaintiff law. You cannot be a negative person and you cannot let anxiety overwhelm you. That doesn't mean you can't have anxiety. You can't let it overwhelm you. So becoming a partner of a two person law firm that meant that I had to somehow pay my mortgage payment, pay my former husband, half of the value of our home. And then, uh, We shared custody, but raised my, raised my girl. You still have to provide the entire home for the children. And I also got two dogs. I can remember that feeling of pressure is the best way I can describe it. I'm a very mm, segregated internally person. So as you know, I've said this again and again, I can, put things on a shelf and try to tuck it away. And so that's what I do with my anxiety. Cause I think everybody has anxiety. It's just whether you acknowledge it or not. I did not, I did not want to acknowledge any anxiety. I needed to be calm. I needed to be present. I needed to be focused. I needed to be, you know, for so, in addition, dealing with the trauma of divorce, I needed to keep my act together. And Yet, I can still even now just remember that feeling of, and when I say pressure, I don't mean, I don't mean like theoretical pressure. I mean like a pressing on me. Like there was pressure being applied to my body. How is this going to work? Is Am I going to be able to keep it going well the hallmark of a plaintiff lawyer at least this plaintiff lawyer is I call it Pollyanna although most people don't even know what Pollyanna is anymore because they don't watch old Disney reruns uh, from the 60s, probably, or whatever that was. So outdated, probably socially horrible, socially inappropriate. I don't know, I haven't watched it for decades. But it was, you know, the, the Pollyanna just means a spirit of someone that is just so sunny and optimistic and bright and <laughs> hopeful and believes fiercely that everything is always going to be okay. And that is me. Um, that is the essence of me. And I think it's hard to ever not feel that way. And I don't think that I was born that way. I think I became that way as a coping strategy for dealing with anxiety. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not, you know, an expert on me. You think that we should be experts on ourselves, but Some people deal with anxiety differently than others. I think that I dealt with it by working around it and trying to make it into this thing that I could ignore and just focus on the exact opposite. It's served me well, (laughs) uh, overall is what I could say. Although I do have high blood pressure, so maybe not that well. I would look at my bank account sometimes and it would, there, there, there wasn't much um, after you paid for everything. And I never wanted my kids to know that I was struggling. My parents were divorced. My mother was by then dependent upon her children, us, all of us. Um, And uh, so like there there was no where to turn there. My dad was retired and had his wife. I would never ask him ever for money. So it's different when you, you know, you don't really have, I would say a safety net. And yet I wanted to stay being a plaintiff lawyer. I never thought twice about changing my profession after I just gave in and accepted that I was going to be a plaintiff lawyer after all. That fierce determination and drive helps when you're a plaintiff lawyer. I don't know how to globe more globally figure out a way that we can increase diversity in the plaintiff bar. It's so sad that it's not more diverse because the people that we represent are diverse. we the they're the, the regular people. They're not the governments, the entities. The giant corporations, big businesses, they are just regular people from all walks of the world. They need diverse representation. But coming out of law school is where the division first happens. And then it becomes more difficult, I think, to transition as the years go on. And you accept that you don't like your job very much, but you like the steadiness of the income and you're not willing to make that change. I used to say, and I still will will say this, that money never motivated me to become a plaintiff lawyer. I did not want to become a plaintiff lawyer to make a lot of money. I just wanted to become a plaintiff lawyer so I could be the best plaintiff lawyer. And the best trial lawyer. I went specifically both. I also feel that as a lawyer of uh, my, you know, my age, and being a diverse attorney, that hopefully young lawyers or young people that are going into law who see me can see that you can even under a contingency fee situation, make a living and be, and be a plaintiff lawyer. You know, don't get me wrong. I would wager that there are plaintiff lawyers that make more than the top of any defense partnership, uh, of a big law law firm. The plaintiff practice of law can be personally, financially, extremely rewarding. But there's, again, all levels of that. There's people at the top of any profession, at the middle, at the bottom, and everywhere in between. There's so much that goes into the plaintiff of practice of law. Just even how you get cases. They don't come to you. Just organically. I don't know how you fix this problem. If you go to most job fairs, they're going to be filled with government lawyers and defense bars, and that's where the professors come from and career counselors, and that's where they're going to guide those young attorneys to. The big law. And I'm not against big law. I just wish that there was more opportunity for diversity in the plaintiff bar. And I wish that even taking away the concept of diversity, that great lawyers who had an extreme passion for helping people who were injured by others. I wish that they could all practice plaintiff law and not have to subvert those feelings to go and work for my enemy, uh, the bad guys because they want that stable paycheck. Another thing that's really interesting about plaintiff lawyer compensation is, and I'm only speaking for myself because I know this isn't true for all. The losses that the, Lawyers cannot put their interests above their clients. That means that, as a plaintiff lawyer, you can't be thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get this amount of fee if we settle this case." I want my client to settle the case. I don't want my client to go to trial. I don't want to risk it. Like that's not a good equation. That's that's not ethical. So I was trained on very very early to to separate uh, thinking about money. Versus thinking about the client's best interests and what they want or what I believe that they should be entitled to and can achieve what I recommend, what I support them in, regardless of the risk. It's the client that has to understand the risk and accept the risk. The attorney has to facilitate it. The client's wishes and make sure that the client is fully informed. Again, to do that, you have to literally put the whole concept of payday on the shelf. I, I can still remember in the Ducks trial when the verdict came in, I wasn't even, I couldn't even add up all those numbers that, you know, the verdict was read. It took like an hour for the judge to read the entire verdict. And then after that verdict, not once did I try to figure out what our attorney's fee would be. It didn't, the, I hadn't put down any of the walls around my brain. I hadn't, I hadn't done it at all. Andrew's the one that eventually did it roughly I had no idea I didn't even know what the verdict total was I think that's a superpower I think it's a superpower to be a plaintiff lawyer who is not driven by money I think it I think it confounds the defendant and the defendants, uh, lawyers. And I think that they know when lawyers, uh, are always, you know, are counting those numbers because they need to pay for their ads, um, versus lawyers that don't seem to be driven by money. Personally, when I say driven by money, I mean, personally, of course, the only thing that we can get for our clients is money. We are driven to maximize that for our clients, but not driven for paycheck. Maybe I should have said that. It's what I love about my law firm. It's so interesting to be in a law firm and, you know, managing partner of a law firm like mine and to watch how it operates and how it's grown over the years and changes and what it doesn't change. And it's, it's really funny. I mean, you know, at the beginning of every year, this isn't a secret. We have to kind of tell our bank how we're going to do. Okay. We're a contingency fee law firm. hundred percent. We have no idea. Um, we have to do projections. We have to force ourselves to write out projections of various cases that we think might resolve. We're almost never right of which case is going to resolve. It's weird, however, that we're often not really far off on the total amount. Like I can I can put forward a projection and it won't ever look that way. Like this case equals this amount. This case equals this amount. This ca- never is going to look like that. But we give estimates of what we think will come in, and I have to admit a lot of the times we pull them out of the air just based upon our knowledge of what we generally do. Can you imagine running a business like that caring for you know almost forty employees who are who we are responsible for them to get a paycheck, get health insurance, make sure that they have good benefits and a future pension that is the combined strength of a dedicated plaintiff firm it would make the defense lawyers scream in horror i think that (laughs) i can't even imagine if uh, a defense business firm saw the way that a plaintiff law firm operated. We are just lean, mean fighting machines and often mavericks. I love this free spirited, fierce nature of this practice. I thrive on it. It's allowed me to have a fantastic career. I wish that there were more people that would become plaintiff lawyers earlier who were fiercely dedicated to helping people and not scared off by the fact that we are paid on a contingency fee. That's what I wish. Because it's a beautiful life to do what you love. And I'm not gonna lie, being well compensated makes it beautiful too. Over and out.